Hello, welcome back to Magic Woods. This episode is called The Great Ronzoni. Well, the Fortunate Four traveled a great deal faster on their return trip across the ocean, with their dinky-powered puff dragon balloon and prevailing winds. They stopped at a couple of islands along the way so the puff dragon could rest and eat, and so they could rest and eat. And they developed a better system for traveling. Now Dinky rode on top, and Lila and Bramble each rode on a foot. Dinky was able to control their flight even better from the top. And they passed over the island of impolite skeletons. The skeletons were still making rude gestures and hurting each other. And they passed over the island where Grand Baby Boy lived. The gargantuan toddler looked up at them and said, I'm Grand Baby Boy and you're my toys. Come down here so I can pop you and squish you. But they just flew over him well out of reach. They kept flying until at last they could see the shores of magic woods. They saw the narrow beach and the vast jungle beyond. The lizard deflated on the beach and led his passengers off and Lila said, thank you. The puff dragon rested a while, hunting for bugs along the shore, and then it puffed up again and drifted north, riding a warm ocean breeze that would take it back to the deserts of Kuala, where it belonged. And the fortunate four waved to him and said, Goodbye, thank you. And Dinky said, Be sure to write us a letter someday. Then the kids walked along the beach, trying to find the boot prints of the great Ronzoni. Lila said, okay, I think this is near the place where we found the raft, but it's hard to be sure. It looks like the storm washed away all traces of his boot prints. But eventually they did find half a boot print right near the edge of the jungle. Lila said, okay, it looks like this is where he left the beach. I guess we need to go back into the prehistoric jungle to look for him. But then they heard stomping footsteps coming from the jungle as a huge clumsy creature approached. Ah, they ran for cover, hiding behind a piece of driftwood on the beach. And the stomping creature came closer, crashing through the thick jungle. The fortunate four held their breath, waiting to see who or what would emerge from the trees. And then a human man, who looked as big as a giant to them, came out of the jungle. He had a big, curly mustache that looked like it had once been waxed neatly, but was now hanging slightly askew. His once fancy clothes were outlandish and outsized and badly damaged from salt and sun. In his hands were a handful of berries and a single egg he had pilfered from a jungle nest. And he said, I am the great Ronzoni. I have wrestled the mightiest alligators and tamed the fiercest tigers. I have seen the seldom-seen albino elephants and climbed the lonely mountains where Yeti roam. I have... He paused, frowning. Ah, what's the next line? Oh, right. Nothing can stop me. Suddenly he noticed a little spider on his shirt. Ah! He screeched, and he flicked the spider away, dropping his egg and his berries, and then started dancing on the beach, brushing at his clothes in case there were any more spiders on him. Ah, Oh, I can't stand this place, he lamented. And Dinky said, You wrestle alligators, but you're afraid of spiders? Ah! The man was so startled to hear Dinky's voice that he stumbled backwards and sat down on the pile of berries and the egg with a wet, crunchy squelch. 
Lila, Bramble, and Dinky emerged from their hiding place, and Lila said, uh, Don't be afraid, uh, and please don't hurt us. The man blinked. You speak, he said slowly. You are the first creatures I've seen in this world that speak, he frowned, uh, except for this creepy giant baby who yelled at me when I passed his island. He looked at the fortunate four pleadingly. Where am I? What is this place? Tell me all about it. I, I don't know what's going on or how I ended up in this world. I just appeared underneath a gargantuan coconut tree and I was trapped there for a while. Lila said, we've been looking for you. We're the fortunate four. The great Ronzoni frowned. But there's just three of you. Bramble said, it's a long story. Dinky said, can you stop the time quakes? The what? Oh, do you mean those horrible things that make you throw up and make the sky seem all blurgy? Yes, said Lila. The time quakes mean that this world is unraveling. But we think you're the one who can save us. The man frowned. Really? According to whom? Dinky said, oh, just this weird cuckoo guy who wanders around mumbling to himself. <sighs> the man stood up and brushed himself off. Honestly, I have no idea what you're talking about. He felt his bottom, which was disappointingly soggy. I don't know anything about this world, and I don't know anything about stopping time quakes. Lila shook her head. But, uh, but you were supposed to be the key to saving this world. Dinky said, we thought you were the great Ronzoni, but you're more like the not-so-great Ronzoni. The man said, my name isn't anything Ronzoni. That was the name of a character I was playing on stage. I was in costume when I got transported to this world. Bramble said, a play? You were in a play? Mm-hmm. My fiance, the incredibly beautiful and talented Kelsey Skylark, who I will probably never see again. His eyes misted over. Anyhow, she was directing a movie, well, a play, a, a kind of a combination, really. It's a multimedia project. We're in college. Anyways, I play the great Ronzoni, a former tiger trainer and adventurer who gets hired by the Harding administration to convince a group of stubborn farmers to adopt standard time. The fortunate four just stared up at him, not understanding. The man sighed. Never mind. But what can you tell me about this world? Do you know how I can get home? Bramble said, this world is called Magic Woods. And Lila said, and we don't know how to get you home. The man sat down on the sand again. Kelsey and I were to be married next summer. She was, she was the love of my life. And now I guess I'm never going to see her again. I'm trapped in this world. Another time quake struck then. It felt like they were all being squeezed and elongated, like reflections in a funhouse mirror. But it wasn't fun. Ah, they cried, writhing in agony. And the sky looked like it was going to pull apart, like fabric stretched too thin. Ah, cried Dinky, my aching head. Ah, ah. At last, the time quake stopped. They could hear terrified animals in the jungle, whining and whimpering and skittering about. <laughs> and Lila said, the world is going to end soon. 
Is there anything you can tell us, Mr. Ronzoni, please? There must be some reason that Mickey the Mystic had a vision about you and thought you could save our world. And he said, that's not my name. My name isn't Ronzoni, I already told you. It's the name of my character. My name is Gary Plummer. Dinky said, well, you should probably take your fiancé's last name when you get married. Gary nodded, yeah, but not that it matters now. <laughs> Dinky said, where's your ring? You don't have an engagement ring. Well, we couldn't afford engagement rings, he replied sadly. We're in college, you know. But we had these. He started rummaging through the many pockets of his flamboyant outfit, searching for something. They came from my great-grandmother, who claimed they had been given to her by a fairy princess long ago. Which is silly, because they're not even real silver. Anyways, Kelsey has one, and I have the other. He finally found what he was looking for and pulled it from his pocket. It was a silver-colored bracelet with a half-moon pendant. The perfect match of the one in the hold of Cannonball Eddie's ship. The fortunate four looked at one another, unsure of what to think. But the man seemed not to notice. He looked at the bracelet longingly and said, My grandmother said that the two bracelets were magically linked. They could never be too far apart from one another. He sighed dramatically. Apparently, she was wrong. Maybe not, said Lila. I think I know why you were transported here to this world. Because the other bracelet is here, in this world. The man stood up and said, What? Kelsey's here? No, just her bracelet. Dinky said, It's part of a pirate's booty. A what? A, a pirate? Yeah, said Lila. He said he went a couple of thousand years into the future and stole the bracelet from a woman. The man stiffened, angry. He stole it from my fiancé? I need to find this pirate and take it back. Dinky said, Now you're talking like a great Ronzoni. Well, that's the end of the story, The Great Ronzoni. The next story is called Shaking Out the Charlatan. Goodbye. <laughs>